Welcome in for the final time in the regular season. We bring you the Jock Market NFL Strategy Show. We is myself, more importantly, Eric Linquist is in the house. Tyler's producing, and we thank you all for hanging with us for the next 30 or so as we prepare you for week 18 in the NFL. And yeah, a lot of guys are sitting. A lot of teams' hopes and dreams have already been dashed earlier, so there's a harsh wake-up of just ending the season. Some guys, depending on where you look around the NFL, Eric, are racing to get out of there and start their golf season like you played back in your day. So, so many different factors here on Week 18 <laughs> that we normally don't have. Yeah, everybody wearing purple and gold there in Minnesota is going to be in a cabana. <laughs> like, they're going to be freaking on a beach in Mexico. They're going to be swinging around. Uh, you know, just playing golf, doing whatever the hell they want to do because they're sure not going to be playing football. It's been a disappointing year, I think, for for my team. It's been a disappointing yeah. team for a, a Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland has to be at the forefront of disappointment. One of the most bet teams to win the Super Bowl from the onset. Defense was disappointing. Baker Mayfield continues to suck. We can go around the horn. Washington, the Giants, the whole NFC East has just been a, a pile of doo-doo outside of you wait know, second, your two wait teams. You've got two teams in that division that made the playoffs. I'm looking at the games. I'm looking at the matchups. Washington and the Giants absolutely suck. I mean, these are the kind of things that we're absolutely looking at for for week 18. It's brutal. But you know what? Brutality breeds opportunity. Ooh, I like that. The new one. I I enjoyed that one. Did you? Oh, that's not something that you brought up on a show like two years ago that you just repurposed. I've been doing this for like a year. No, I, I legitimately, uh, no, brut- brutality. You just coined phrase. Opportunity. Nice. I just coined it here. Unbelievable, man. This is what we're doing here on Awesome. We're not just bringing you a guy who, can you brag about your winnings here? I don't want sure. to bring in. Okay. You knocked, you cleared out some big winnings last night. So you're on a roll here and you go from bringing in a half a year salary for a lot of people out there to coining <laughs> phrases on the jock market show. Well done. I, uh, thank well done. you. Thank you. I heard the ka-ching. Uh, that does not go overlooked, Tyler. Well done, sir. Uh, on top oh, of this game with the sound effects per huge. I missed that one. Maybe it's my headset. Ka-ching! Not... I heard it. Yeah, there we go. There we go. All right. So that. let's look into this here. Eric Linquist is on a roll. We want to take advantage of this. We want to tail what he's doing. Awesomeo is the promo code, as you know. So when you sign up to Jock Market, use that promo code Awesomeo, and we'll match your first deposit up to $50. And as you'll hear throughout, if you're new to Jock Market, look, you have questions for Eric, for us, hit us up in the chat here. This is a great time to do it live. But the biggest thing to take advantage of with Jock Market is everything that happens once the games go on, is being able to live and breathe by buying low, selling high, just like the market once things go into effect following the IPO phase. So you'll hear us talk about getting on shares ahead of time, and then you'll also hear Eric and I talk about what to do in certain game flow and game situations. So with Saturday's games and then some Sunday stuff, this is going to be tough for you, man, to try and mine some value. But as you said, there's going to be some opportunity. Big time. And and again, I I have kind of a new thing that I'm trying out here for Jock Market. I'm going to be utilizing a lot of the boom bust tool. Again, it's nothing okay. that you know I'm doing special. For me, the tools kind of point me in the direction of where you need to go. That's the best part about Osmo Plus. That's the best part about working here is having access to those kind of things because they print money. And looking at the boom bust tool, that's kind of where I'm starting 
all my analysis for the week. You can group it by slate. So go to Saturday. You're able to kind of see some of the boom and bust potentials. Uh, we don't have the leverage or the ownership that's completely up for that. But, you know, again, we have all the jock market stuff here for the main slate. So we're going to have you all good to go. All right. So with everything that's kind of fluctuating, all, all the ups and downs of guys sitting, just teams that have mailed it in to some teams that are must-win situations, where are you starting as far as like the bigger picture, are you attacking that Chargers Raiders game because you know that both teams desperately need a victory? Are you attacking that Washington Giants game because you know both teams are cooked and maybe there's a, a player or two there that could stand out and take advantage of a bunch of backups? Yeah, we've got a huge number of pieces. So the nice thing is that Saturday is going to give us a lot of the keys to the puzzle. Uh, we're seeing that Clyde Edwards Alaire is probably not going to play here. That's the word that we got this afternoon. Looking at that game, though, the major key is is Saturday, 4.30 p.m. You're going to have a pretty good idea whether or not Kansas City is going to be the one seed, and that's going to have a domino effect in jock market. It's going to have a domino effect on the slate for everybody for DFS purposes. There's no doubt about it. Cincinnati is already going to be resting their starters. They announced that we're going to have Brandon Allen stepping in. Uh, that's good times, uh, not good times for for you know anybody that might have bet Cincinnati earlier in the week thinking Burrow might have been playing. But uh, sounds like uh, a lot of these Bengals players are going to be limited. That's kind of the story of, of of figuring out who has things to play for. And you know the Cowboys, they have some positioning that they could be looking at. Whereas the Eagles, I think, are pretty locked into their spot. There's there's spots like that where there's just a massive amount of leverage if you can figure out the incentives of some of these teams or. If you can figure out which teams are still going to be straighting, playing straight up in the event that, you know, like the Houston Texans going up against Tennessee, I don't think the Tennessee Titans are going to go in and just obliterate them. Um, you know, they're playing for the number one seed, which is a gigantic pull if Kansas City loses. Um, but we're looking at that opportunity where, you know, Tennessee still wants to get solidified to be able to have all the home games here in Houston. I have to assume they're probably going to be playing them pretty straight up. Guys like Rex Burke had Brandon Cooks having phenomenal seasons. We're looking at them being more secure than, you know, the Green Bay Packers, than the Cincinnati Bengals, than a lot of these other teams that have been staples of our lineups, the Devontae Adams, T. Higgins, and uh, of course, Jamar Chase last week. So it's a really fun slate. And on Jock Market, the Boom Bust tool is going to do a lot of the work for you to figure out where people might be overlooking some value. And I know it's going to be site to site cross-referencing, but uh, I really think having the fair value for the pregame IPO and then being aware of who the public might be a little bit low on, you're going to find some value on jock market this week. Absolutely. I think there are a couple of factors when looking at this week specifically that you bring up the first, and let's look at that Cowboys Eagles game because Philadelphia is not playing anybody. I think that's a foolish decision, but that's what they're doing. All right. So they're out everybody there. Dallas. Now they're dealing with some COVID issues, right? On defense, but for the most part, you're right. Dallas needs to win that game in order to set the tone for the weekend, which they will. They will beat the Eagles. But it's still at a five, five and a half point. It was at four and a half about an hour ago here in PA with all of these guys sitting for Philadelphia. So, E, that tells me that back Prescott and fill in the blank on offense, while they will be starting, they ain't finishing that game. So that's something that we have to factor in here as well. Just because there's a team that needs, quote-unquote, a victory, 
going up against a team that's not doing anything or is out of it doesn't mean that, A, in the event of what you brought up with Houston, that the dog is just going to lay down, especially since these are all division rivals. And B, what I just brought up, which is, hey, a team like Dallas, Arizona, Tennessee, teams like this could easily be up. And then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you don't get a full game's worth of your starters like people may be paying for in the IPO phase. Yeah, wheel in all the TVs that have all the red zone, uh, have your iPad, your computer, have everything pulled up so you can watch every single game in real time. And then you can jump on jock market and make some money because really, you don't know what to expect from some of these teams. I I don't even know really what to expect from Philadelphia. I got to assume we're going to see. Nobody's playing. Yeah, but you're still going to have people who play. That's the crazy part is that like, it's whether or not they're listed on jock market that really matters. Otherwise, they're just complete stayaways. If you know they're not going to yeah. see the field, or if you don't see them on the field, you know that's that's an obvious stayaway. They're you're going to have more zeros on jock market this week than any other week period, and it's not remotely close. There's going to be people who don't see the field, but if you can figure out the guys who are going to be out there who are listed, because again, they don't have every single player on the slate listed because you know that. that be a lot of back-end stuff to be able to kind of figure out. But if you could figure out who is going to be getting the workload, I got to assume that Philadelphia is still going to be running the ball a lot on the ground for that Saturday slate. It's only two games for that market. So like legitimately on jock market, figuring out who is going to see the absolute bulk of the carries uh, is like maybe my most important piece for jock market from the Philadelphia side. I don't know who it's going to be. All I know is whoever it is, I want to have all of the shares of. And you're going to know based after the first quarter who's going to be at long term because it could be a number of guys mixing in early in that game. Well, the two guys I think that are going to play a lot pending their health would be Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell. Yeah, I think so, Gainwell's the guy right. that I'm assuming is going to be uh, more of who I want to target. Boston Scott's been like legitimately good. Um He's, he's really kind of uh, stepped in very, very nicely here for Jordan Howard, uh, of course, for, for your boy, Miles Sanders. But like, sure. I'm looking at Boston Scott as a piece that they might need to just kind of let chill for the most part. There's not a lot that can change. And when you're already playing a road game um, in that first round, it's very unlikely that you're going to get a home game um, just because of the way that the seeding works. You know, it'd be, have to be, if you're the sixth seed, you can only play the seventh seed to have a home game. So like for me, a team like the Eagles should be resting. I'm more in like the camp where I would be happy for them to. Now the Packers, I have no idea what they're doing, but you know, for the Saturday slate, um, we can absolutely look at Philadelphia as a team that uh, I think is going to be going pretty deep to the ends of the benches. You can find the, I, I think Rager will still get mixed in. Uh, I got to assume that, you know, yeah, he's their number two wide receiver. Uh, Quez Watkins is yeah. probably another guy who's probably more closer to the w, uh, WR2, but like, Still, I think they want to get them a little bit of work. Devonta Smith is probably, for me, the clear stay away. He's going to be a guy that I would assume might play a quarter and then just chill on the sidelines the rest of the time. So Honestly, you got to make some inferences there. I don't I don't think if, if Hertz is out, which it, he is, I don't know if you're going to get those guys. Like, yeah. I think you're going to get – you're right. Like, Rager and Watkins stand a shot. But I wouldn't be surprised, man, if both Smith and Goddard are down. Yeah, I, I agree. That, right? Totally. But if they suit up, again, I'm thinking that there's like a quarter that you might get out of them because that's something you routinely see is that maybe there's something that you can't replicate in practice, a play, yeah. a scheme, something that you want to do in that first quarter, and it's a glorified pickup game. You know what I mean? So that happens all the time in these Week 17 and 18 games, and 
You know, there's there's such an edge to DFS this week because people who should not be getting rostered get rostered in three, four, five percent of lineups. Uh, I know there was a year Ezekiel Elliott was like 25% as the most expensive running back and didn't see the field. So like, that's the kind of stuff that happens in week 18. And you really want to be quick to the punch on jock market. It really is uh, about as good as it gets uh, for, for where you need to be playing to make money this week. So there are a couple of teams and there are actually two in the NFC. And this is actually perfect for what we're talking about now. And again, if you're hanging with us, look at that promo code. It's above our heads or right there on the screen that Tyler's putting up. Awesome. 100% match for up to $50 on jock market. But the two teams that actually could do something here in the NFC are the Niners and the Saints, right? We know that both teams are coming out looking to play starters, looking to win these games because there's no scoreboard watching. They're both playing at the same time. So unless you're up by 30 and you're looking up there behind you thinking, all right, well, well now we can pull out. The idea is that going into these games, we can trust the Niners and we can trust the Saints. Now, that being said, Eric Linquist, that doesn't necessarily instill a bunch of confidence when you start to look at who you may have to trust, especially on New Orleans. But look, we have a couple of staples on San Francisco that I think we can target quarterback situation aside that at the very least, especially mitigated with all the other backup situations and guys sitting around the league. San Francisco and to a lesser extent, New Orleans, at least we know that there are going to be starters out there playing pending, of course, COVID. Yeah, and those are the concentrated spots that you want to get attention to. I have to say, though, it would be surprising for me to not see them be the ones that are steamed up in jock market. It's hard to it's hard for me to find them as as fantastic values to to be investing in. A lot of the value you're going to extract on jock market is going to be the guys that are just so off the board, like way, way, way down the list. Guys that you wouldn't expect to be playing a lot in some of these spots. And then they just end up getting a a bunch of work and you're quick to the punch because you see them on the field and it's surprising. And it's hard to, you know, in other sites, when you're playing on your DraftKings and your fan duels, you have the opportunity to kind of just set your lineup. But once lock starts, you're done. Like you can't do anything about any of the inferences that you've made. And on jock market, you're able to in real time be reacting to them. I got to be thinking people are aware that both of those games uh, really, really matter to at least one side. Um, and so, you know, it obviously matters to the Rams side too, but San Francisco, New Orleans, both of them looking like really solid spots to be investing simply because of security, but security does not necessarily give you a ton of value here. I'm looking at that pregame IPO phase and like, you really have to make some, some conscious decisions of, of who you want to be investing in. And they're going to be the most likely candidates uh, out of those games. So I could see a guy like Taysom Hill, whose fair value is $8 and 11 cents. It would not surprise me to see him come in a lot higher than that simply because they have something to play for. It looks like the entire top of the board for our projections, which again, I I believe are still free for, for jock market. Um, But looking at that, it's just, it's, it's just a lot of players that are in secure spots, except for Justin Jefferson, which, you know, he's a second year rookie from Minnesota. And I think he's going to be record chasing in his career. So maybe that's a guy that is a little bit of an outlier where he's the one guy who doesn't have anything to play for whatsoever at that top of the board, but everybody else is in a game environment that really, really matters. And so I'm looking further down the board to the really unlikely pieces and trying to make them my stance on jock market this week. Can I meet you halfway? Love it. Instead of going to somebody as the obvious play in an obvious scenario like Debo Samuel, 
can I meet you halfway and take advantage of a lower projection for Brandon Ayuk and a ridiculously cheap price where we have the fair IPO at 254? And it's not specific to just Ayuk, but that's the example where the value may be there in that game, but it's not on the surface of the Hill, of the Samuel, of the Kittle, of, of the obvious choices. But maybe if we find a second or even third option on these teams, knowing that the goal is still to go out there and play and to win and to coach and execute like you need to win, maybe second or third element guys are going to be that value that you talk about. Yeah, so let's let's have the late swap discussion. So there's obviously no late swap on jock market. It's open from yep. beginning till close of the market. But the nice thing about investing in a guy like Brandon Ayuk is you can know kind of what that target score, quote unquote, is based on how wide receivers and running backs and everybody performs in those early games. If you have so, a, a relatively low barometer to go over, I'm more likely to invest in a Brandon Ayuk. But if you see some massive gains from the early window, you've got Jonathan Taylor uh, going to be a massive piece. Antonio Gibson, somebody from that Washington, that useless football game. We have Justin Jefferson. Who knows how long these Green Bay Packers are going to be playing. Tennessee's in a must-win game here. I'm not going to have Derrick Henry out there, but Deontay Foreman looks like somebody to invest in. Uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, we, we kind of assume that you're going to get some kind of quarterback value from the Baltimore side no matter what. You've got, uh, I could go on and on here, but uh, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six games in the afternoon window. I think mm -hmm. that that is enough for me to want to invest in Brandon Ayuk in the event that nobody goes nuts early. So it's going to be a wait and see approach for a guy like him. He's not going to be somebody I want to go nuts in the pregame IPO phase simply because there's a massively low floor. We've all seen it uh, the last couple of weeks, but when he does spike, uh, it comes in bulk here and, and he can do that in, in a short amount of place, 23 and a half yards per catch uh, per reception last week. I mean, those are the kind of dynamic playmakers, 36 yards per catch the week before just one catch, but like legitimately that elevates the floor a little bit. If he gets any sort of volume whatsoever, you could be looking at double digit week. And, and I'm more inclined to want to invest after I see everybody suck in the early window of games. All right, let's go back to that early window because there's a game in which it's not a win and you're in like Sunday night football, but both teams in Baltimore and Pittsburgh need a win just to keep their hopes alive based off of circumstance. And we're talking about the early window, so there's still some validity to going out and beating your opponent. You look at it, mm -hmm. short home dog, right, for Pittsburgh, but at the same time, I do wonder, uh, pardon me, Baltimore, uh, no, that's shifted significantly. Big so. Time. Ravens now laying six, right? Mm -hmm. So it is again, we're targeting this game, Lamar and all. We're targeting this game with some obvious plays, but this is for a lot of players on this. This is like you're reluctantly going to a bunch of these guys in this game, or you're trying to significantly counter the field with a play like Najee Harris, where maybe the majority of running back options, especially on jock market, are not Harris. So I, I wonder at this game where we're targeting games that matter two teams that have to win knowing how ridiculous this spread has moved with Lamar and all with Baltimore, some less obvious choices that we can target here on jock market. Even Najee Harris has a pretty good number associated with him, and he's not a ridiculous IPO that I think, you know, puts us broke here. Yeah. I love Najee Harris, $4 and 93 cents. The big piece for me is Deontay Johnson out on the COVID list. I don't think he's going to get back here by Sunday, considering he got put on the list today. So that's, that makes, that makes it very unlikely that the five days, uh, I think he's probably not going to clear protocols. So that just becomes the number one, like the unquestioned number one 
receiving receiver here. 15 targets against uh, against Cleveland here last week was just getting peppered all over the field like he normally does from Ben Roethlisberger. I do think Roethlisberger ends up playing in this game. I don't know if he retires. I don't know exactly what the game plan is there, but um, even in a meaningless spot, uh, I think that he plays. And Baltimore, they have a very outside chance of making the playoffs. There's a lot of dominoes that have to fall correctly in order for them to make it. But those are the kind of teams, especially when they play in the early window, when nothing is yet set, you should be looking to over-invest in guys like that. And Lamar Jackson, if he ends up on the field, I'm willing to embrace that kind of volatility. Uh, Mark Andrews is going for the tight end receiving record as well. He's got some incentives that that look really nice. Uh, I believe it's like 145 yards that he needs. It, it's a massive number of yards still from the tight end position, but I'm I'm definitely looking at that combination as, as a duo that I might want to invest in together over on Jock Market, looking at a little bit of a mini stack simply because uh, stuff like this, people can do a little bit of record chasing. They can do uh, some targeting for incentives in games that may or may not matter. Plus, Mark Andrews is just their best uh, path to moving the ball anyway. Yep. So I want to take advantage of you being on this show because you are fully involved. Like you're playing everything that you're talking about, specifically jock market, which is different. It's not your typical peer to peer. It's not your typical DFS site. There are some unique elements to it. And Scott 94 was asking a little bit about some more general questions. And look, Mm -hmm. we have a huge community here in the awesome platform. So there are a lot of people who are straggling in here, interested to see what Linquist has to say about that huge win last night. And Oh, by the way, he's talking about jock market. So let me find out more about it. I'm just going to read you what Scott said, because I think you can do a really good job of explaining this in an easy to comprehend manner, especially because you're playing jock market all the time. So Scott don't understand the bidding and the payouts. You can just sell your shares mid game and someone is there to buy them. I don't get it. And we talk about this a lot, right? Like Uh the value of jock market in slash mid game versus when lineups lock everywhere else. So there's a sell and an ask price. You can literally see what somebody has in for the offer before you submit it. So that's the nice part about it. Now, there are times when like there was legitimately a guy that I posted last week. I had a lot of different chairs of guys. Uh, no one NBA as well. This happened where somebody went on a run. I wasn't at my phone for like five minutes or I was swapping, <laughs> doing other stuff. And all of a sudden he got swooped and I'm like, what happened? Well, he knocked down three threes in a row and he vaulted up the board. So uh, stock market is the stock exchange. Imagine the top spot is $25 per share. So we're talking about every single thing relative to that $25 number. And if you finish DFL dead last, it basically is at $1 per share. Now, everybody's going to at least cost a dollar in order to be investing. So uh, you're looking at some of these deep, deep flyers being around $150, $2. We have a fair value that's attached next to it. But when you're once you get done with the pregame IPO phase, which is where you can get players cheaper. So, you know, just like an initial public offering for the stock exchange. I know I'm a finance major and, you know, you have your IPOs. That's your initial public offering when you come to market with stuff. So you basically have these players, they come to market, and then they're live to be traded, just like they are on the Wall Street or on Wall Street. So you're looking at um, a, a player who catches five passes in the first quarter. You know, you have the PPR uh, incentives for jock market, just like you do on DraftKings. So it's very easy to keep track of the scoring. And so once that player gets those five catches, he vaults up the leaderboard. If you bought him for $2 a share, he could be worth $20 yeah. a share by the end of it. You could be looking at a 1,000% ROI. That's stuff that can happen in real time. You can sell out for a profit because somebody 
somebody out on jock market will be so uh, you'll you might not get the twenty dollars that he would be worth if it ended the game at that point but you could sell for fifteen dollars lock in a profit run away with your winnings and enjoy your day not bad and everybody out there can now enjoy their day their night their weekend knowing <laughs> that you're fully prepared here from Eric Lindquist with Jock Market. On the way out, is there a name that you were dying to get to today that just due to conversation and questions and chat and everything we didn't get to that you desperately want to get out? Yeah, two guys. Uh, Antonio Gibson, one DJ Moore, the other. They're the top of the boom bust. Yeah? The most leveraged okay. guys to be getting to on that main slate. I really think that they stand out. They're going a little bit undervalued. Pay attention to the tight end position too. This is kind of a week where you can get some really, really low guys Hayden Hurst, pay attention to that Kyle Pitts news. In the event that he's out, that's another guy who's going to vault up my board. So I think the tight end position is very volatile, but you get those touchdown passes. You get you know four or five targets here for some backup tight ends. You could be finding some extreme value guys who can really vault up the board on jock market. Awesome. At Eric Lindquist, do you have any more questions? You can hit us up on Twitter as well. At Shander Show for me. Thanks to Tyler producing. Again, thanks to you all out there for spending some time with us. It's not as complicated. It's not as difficult as it may appear on the surface. You just heard a great explanation about it. Now go out and have some fun. Again, you're familiar with the concept, buy low, sell high, things along these lines from the stock market or anything else in commerce. So just apply it now. You're here because you play fantasy sports because you're DFS heavy. So you might as well now take advantage of this field, which is nowhere near as large and as sharp, unless you have to worry about that shark link was swimming around there. That's look, we quack, can't quack. do anything about that. Quack, quack. <laughs> Love it. All right. We'll see you all. Thanks again. <laughs> have a great weekend. <laughs>